Welcome to Small Business Celebration. We're continuing our series on small business sustainability. And our guest this week, well, imagine you've got the perfect business, the perfect restaurant, and you've got the perfect venue, and you're putting on the perfect events. The problem is, is you have your sewer system, suddenly it collapses. Not once, not twice, but every time you do an event for six months straight. How would you deal with that? Well, let's learn from this week's guest here on Small Business Celebration. This is Small Business Celebration. Welcome, where we're celebrating small businesses for big breakthroughs. Welcome to Small Business Celebration, and our guest this week is Chef Lino Gonzalez, the owner and the head chef of Chef Lino. Welcome to Small Business Celebration. Thank you, Michael. And for visioneers who don't know who you are, who are you, and what is it that you do? Well, my name is Lino Gonzalez. Um, I'm the chef here at Chef Lino Creates, and this is my kitchen and our family business. And for visioneers who don't know, you mentioned we're in the kitchen. Correct. And, and where is this? So we're right here in the middle of downtown, right next to the Fox okay. Theater. And uh, this is a, a, something we've been working on for a while and finally became a, a reality last November. So we built out this kitchen to take care of all of our catering needs. But this isn't your first foray no. into the restaurant, because how, how young were you when you first started? When I first started, I was 10 years old. And 10? I, 10, and I started in my dad's kitchen. It was, uh, you've probably heard of it, it's called Don Pepe's. Okay, right, yeah, Don Pepe's, it, yeah. It was on Columbus, Columbus Square Shopping Center, right next to McCarthy's Yogurt. Okay. Yeah, so that's where it all began. And you worked for him for what, eight years or so? For my dad, no, shoot, I was with him, well, yeah, for about seven, eight years. Right, Yeah. right. So. And you went to, after that, you went to work for? Well, actually, after that, I went to go work for a Target. Okay. Yeah, I had had my fill of the restaurant <laughs> life, yes. So, I am done with the restaurant yeah, I was business. Like, I was done with the kitchen, yeah. So right. I went to Target for, for about a maybe about a year right and uh just wasn't enough money uh, and uh i had met uh mayor brown the owner of cafe med right right before I, I stopped working at my dad's restaurant right and he was like if you ever need a job come come talk to me so uh i got news that i was about to be a father so needed to make more money so right. i went to him for a part-time job and after working with him i would say maybe three or four months he's like you know how much are they paying you over there and so we sat down and talked, and he goes, just come come with me full-time, and, you know, I'll take care of you, and at some point, you'll manage the kitchen here and spend about 15 years there full-time. 15 years 15 at Cafe years, Med, wow. Yeah. What prompted you to, to start your own business? I always had that, you know, they say you always have that itch. You want to know, like, because you're, you're working, and you're doing all, this, all these things for someone else, and you always feel like, yeah, I could do this for myself. Right. And uh, I, first off, I, I didn't want to do a restaurant. Right. So when I. You, you had enough of it when you were a kid. Kid, yeah. <laughs> and then I went back for another 15 years. And <laughs> then I said, this time I'm going to do something different. So okay. I went into, I always enjoyed working on cars. So my passion was always automobiles, you know, working right. on them, owning them, anything. So I opened up a repair shop and, and a towing service. Okay. And didn't do good on that. So I. I always stayed with Cafe Med, though. I would always help with catering, did other things. Right. And uh, when I 
met my my fiance now Francis. Right. When we and her got together, she always wanted me to go back into food because she knew me before when I was at Cafe Mad. Right. So I was like, no, I'm I'm just done with it. And she was like, but you're so good at it. And I'm like, <laughs> I was like, yeah, I don't want to do it anymore. So me and her tried a few ventures, and the most interesting one was uh, we opened up this this repair shop. Right. Auto was, repair was, shop? Yeah, it was a warehouse, and I did the repair shop in the back, and she was a, she was an ordained minister, so she would do weddings in the front. So we built out the front of the repair shop like a chapel, <laughs> and the back was a repair shop. So when she was going to marry people, she'd be like, hey, you need to be quiet for like 30 minutes. So I just shut off all the compressors and, you know, just <laughs> sit back there while she was doing, you know, her thing. And, you know, it, it was nice to be able to work with her and, you know, everything we did together we just incorporate each other in both business. She, right. you know, she's a people person. So when she wasn't busy, she would help me talk to the clients and, you know, get them processed and paid and sure. turning in the cars. And But it just wasn't enough. We just weren't making enough money to to pay the bills. I was, uh, I had gone through a separation, so I still had child support and other things I was right. taking care of. So it just was never enough money. And she was always, she's always been a believer in any crazy idea I have or do. Right. But she's like, let's, let's do food. She's like, that's what you're good at. Let's do food. And I'm like, okay. I go, I don't want to do a restaurant though. I mm. want to do just catering. Oh. And she goes, okay. So I find this restaurant in Pumpkin Center right. that's for, for sale. Right. And it's not, it's not very expensive. The, the rent is ridiculously cheap, like a like thousand dollars. And I'm like, you know, it's a bad area, but just for catering, who cares? Who cares? Yeah. yeah. So, we go, we drive down there to Pumpkin Center, and right when we go in the area, she's never been in that area, and she's like, she's like, oh my God, where are we at? And I'm like, it's Pumpkin <laughs> Center. <laughs> so we pull up to this building, park right in the front, and it has a metal door, right? Bars on all the windows, uh -huh. and I mean, the area looks much better now. It was it was pretty bad back then, and right. I'm like, I'm like, this is it. So I park it out the car, and I'm like, looking through the windows, and I'm like, wow, it's not so bad. I go, you know, if we do this and this. I look, I'm talking to myself. I look, I look back, she's still sitting in the car. So, like, she's having none nothing. of it. I go over there and she's on her phone. I'm like, hey, like, get down. Like, I'm looking in, this could actually be a nice restaurant. And she's like, no. No. She's like, you're crazy. She's like, nobody's going to come out here. Nobody's going to come out here. Right. I go, well, that's fine. I go, we don't need it as, as a restaurant. It's going to just be my catering kitchen. I go, but, you know, get down and look. So she gets down and she looks through the windows and she's like, oh my gosh. She goes, this place is actually really nice. Because it's, it's those old school, really Hispanic looking restaurants with a little hanging over roof. And, you know, right, it, has, right. it has a ton of character. So we, you know, we go into it and we meet up with the, with the owner of the building and the owner of the restaurant. And we make a deal and we start, you know, we have to have it repainted on the outside. We have to invest all this money that we weren't prepared to do. Right. So that's how it came together that I, brought in my sister and then a month later my dad so that's how we did pumpkin center and we opened it up as a restaurant once she saw and we had a line out the door skipping ahead you've gone through five restaurants yes during this my fifth this, one yeah this is your fifth one it's no secret that opening and running a restaurant you know is yeah. is, is not an easy business but on the other hand what you've done at the poorhouse is astounding. Yeah, poorhouse is an interesting place. <laughs> How did you get that one? Because this this is a rush, this is a place that 
it had a really rough reputation for right. a long time. And the new owners came along and they knew you. But how how did you help transform that? So so what happened with that when my partners now, when they when they acquired the poorhouse, it had they had cooks. It was a full running place. Right. So they came in, they cleaned up the bar, and I when I when I went to go see it and I was talking to them, I was hoping they would ask me, hey, like, <laughs> come in here with us. But you know, they never said anything, and I was just kind of like hanging back, see how it did, and, and I would hear good things about it. I would right. hear good things about the bar, but I never really would hear anything about the food. Uh... So, um, so I, I want to say they had it maybe for about a year when one of them finally reached out to me and said, hey, you know, and, and he's so funny, he always makes a joke of this. He always says, I'm going to make you a deal you can't refuse. Right. No rent. He wow. goes, Yeah, he goes, just come in here. Of course, we're going to split all the other bills. Right. But just, you know, no rent. Um, and I was like... Great, like I, I've been waiting for that because I wanted to be a part of that with them. And so we just went in there first just for lunch because it was during pandemic. Right. So they just needed to have some sort of food and we still had the restaurant on Panama and we're in there and you know, we're doing things and it, it was a rough building. Right. It needed, you know, work everywhere. Right, right, everything. So, yeah, so just got in there and started doing what we did and man, it just took off like wildfire with their influence with, to the bar. I mean, they did an amazing job right. you know, turning that bar around and we brought in our food and it was just like they say perfect combination and people really seem to enjoy it and now where we're sitting at now we're right across the street from the majestic fox theater right. in downtown bakersfield why did you pick this location and the banquet center so um i've always liked downtown i mean besides all the all the things going on with downtown, the, the right. homeless problems and everything else. There's something about being, you know, downtown. It just feels good to come here, to come to work. And and besides that, the rent's really cheap. <laughs> <laughs> sure, right, right, right. The rent's very affordable. And uh, so when we, when we came up with this, I had plans for this whole, it's almost like an L shape. Right. And um, when me and Francis spoke about it, I said, it'd be nice to have everything right here. Our, our, our kitchen, our event center, and then we're going to open up in the future a deli and a bar right next door to the to the venue. So right. with the rent and every and it's just everything right here. When I was doing catering out of the restaurant on uh, Panama, right, boy, it would take forever to get to different parts of town. Sure, being here, we have three four events. We just head in every different direction, and we're you're we're literally right in the center, center of everything. Yeah. So that was that was to me the the biggest appeal of doing it here. Right. Was the location. So why the banquet hall? So I have to go back to that. So when we when we got Centro 18 downtown, right, there was always struggles with that location because of the parking. Right. So and and then the building itself had tons of problems with the electrical, plumbing, the roof. It was just it was a nightmare for a lot of other reasons. But the number one thing we saw there was we, we turned it into an event center. Mm. So we started making more money, renting it out to people to have weddings there, you know, celebrations of life, birthdays, anything. Right. They started booking out the whole place. And we started seeing, well, we're making more money off having these private events versus opening the door every day. Right. So when we when the when the plumbing collapsed in that building and we were, we were literally forced to move out of that building, we moved to the restaurant on Panama. And that was the, like half the size of that. Right. So we we lost a lot of our accounts that we had. Oh. We had we had gained from Centro. So that's why I started looking at the venue. 
And the banquet hall, the ban banquet center? Yeah, I mean, it's a venue, event center. Okay. You know, whatever you want to call it. What, what, kind, <laughs> what kind of events do you specialize? You know, we've done, we've done political events, weddings. I mean, you name it. We've done anything. I mean, Christmas parties. Christmas parties. Just basically, we've had birthday parties and the people bring in jumpers. And, right? Yeah. So it's basically, you can, it's, it's set up so you can use it for anything you like. And when you have an event in there, or a business comes in and wants to have an event there, what kinds of food do you serve and offer? You know, we, we basically cater to anything and everything. We've done, we've done Indian food. We've done Chinese food. Of course, Mexican food. Right. Italian. We could basically let us know, let us know your vision and we'll make it happen. If visionaries want to get in touch with you, how do they do that? Uh, they could uh, contact us on, uh, on our website at cheflinocreates.com or at info at cheflinocreates or at 661-885-8006. And when we come back, we're going to talk about with the rising food costs, the challenges in labor, supply chain issues, how do you change your menu? to be able to accommodate all these challenges when we come back. And if you like Small Business Celebration, go ahead and like, subscribe, and notify, and we'll talk more about altering your menu to deal with the supply chain issues of the real world when we come right back. The winter season is rapidly approaching, but are the tires on your car or truck ready for wet weather? Bakersfield's best tire store, Clarou Tire, has been serving families like yours for 80 years and installs and services the tires your family depends on when the wet weather comes. Give Clarou Tire a call at 661-324-6069 and ask them about what tire works best for you and your budget. Call Clarou Tire at 661-324-6069 or visit them at 530 East 21st Street in Bakersfield or at ClarouTire.com today. The wet winter weather is rapidly approaching. Call Clarou Tire at 661-324-6069 today. I'm here with Chef Lino Gonzalez, the chef with Chef Lino Creates, and our visionary question comes from Alba who asks, with fewer employees in the kitchen, rising prices, and supply chain issues, how are you changing your menu to meet reality? Well, right now, of course, is price shopping. You know, right. you gotta look for the best, for the best price possible uh -huh. without compromising quality. Mm. And that's, that's the challenge. And how do you do that? Because you've got like, you've got what, Cisco oh, yeah. and, and all these you other- know, Now here in town, we have Restaurant Depot. They're pretty competitive. I right. mean, even places like Costco carry really good quality meats. I shop there a lot too. And okay. you know, it takes a little bit of legwork. I mean, there's nothing easier than just putting in an order and have it dropped off at your, right. <laughs> at your doorstep. But True. then when that bill comes in, you're like, wow. <laughs> you know, and I made when I when I was at Centro, I made that mistake. We were really busy, and I was just ordering, 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 and not paying attention to to anything. Right. And then, like, wow, we're making all this money, but then here's here's the bill. Here's the bill it's for Cisco. The door, yeah. yeah. Now, so that was one time that was a really rude awakening. And then going through and checking pricing on things, I was like, wow, I'm overpaying on this. I'm overpaying on this. So you have to be very diligent on that on that sense because as soon as you turn your back. It just gets out of hand really fast. And, and the second thing I would say is really important is how you design your menu. Okay. I mean, well, I mean, number one, you don't want to have too big of a menu. Mm -hmm. And number two, you don't want to try to cater to too 
large of a span. You got to decide, you know, what are we? You know, okay. are we, you know, I, you know, I wouldn't for say we're, we're fine dining at the poorhouse, but we are, it is a really nice menu. I mean, you can get anywhere from lobster on there to, to tacos, but even our tacos, everything's, you know, made with high-end products, so they're still... But you learned this lesson the hard way. The real hard way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, what, what happened? So when we were at when we were on on, on Taft Highway, when we were at Pumpkin Center, when we when we moved to downtown, now we're downtown. Right. So I had the mindset where now I'm going to have more of a fine dining restaurant. Right. But in my mind, in my mind, I said I'm still going to keep the classics. Okay. I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna do you know steaks, pastas. Tacos, burritos. I see food, but I'm still gonna keep the tacos, burritos, nachos. Right. So my so so my menu was from you know the cheapest plate was an order of nachos to, you know, fillet and lobster. Wow. So what we learn, and you know, you don't see it while you're in it. You just don't, you don't see it. You're just doing what you know how to do, and you're just doing it. And, and we were busy, right? Especially our first year, we we're super busy. And by the time you come to the realization, I didn't even realize until I was in the next restaurant. And I'm looking at what our, we're looking back, you know, I'll talk about squirrel fast. I always hated history in school. I thought I was stupid. Why do we study history, oh, right? Sure. Right. But now <laughs> who cares, who cares what happened in the past? Right, right. But that's exactly what we had to do. We had to go back and see, okay, why did we right. struggle? All this money's coming in, but, it, you know, but it's not growing in either direction right. in the sense of our clientele, because we would have, we would have one table, which is fine of a group having you know, beer and nachos. And right next to them, we have another table having, you know, filet and lobster and a $100 bottle of wine. Right. Trying to enjoy a real quiet, you know, They want dinner. to have a nice romantic right. evening. And meanwhile, and you got this table of kids. Yeah, yeah. Just, you know, yelling and having a great time. And they're both having a great time in their own way. But right. the setting wasn't good for them to be right next to each other right. in that sense. So we were... We were doing, you know, the numbers, but we'd get complaints from some of our clientele that things were too expensive. Right. And then we get complaints from other clientele that it was just too noisy or too, right. you know, too, just, it just didn't work. And so we, and the menu was huge. Right. It was, it was a huge menu. So my inventory in the kitchen was so big. And then if, if I didn't get rid of that, you know, that, that filet mignon or that lobster, I would be making, I wouldn't want the meat to get old. So I'll be, I'd be cutting taco meat out of a filet mignon Ugh. or making lobster bis soup out of lobsters or trying to figure out another way to burn them out to just right. not lose the product. Right. So. And meanwhile, you're overpaying because nothing's right. moving. And, yeah. and then I had a, I had a huge, you know, I had a huge labor because I had, I had to have a lot of staff to handle prepping for this menu. Sure. So, you know, it was a. It was an expensive lesson. Right. You know, it was right. an expensive lesson that, you know, they don't teach you. I mean, I never went to culinary school, but they don't teach you those things in culinary school. Because when I would get these culinary school interns, they would come in with, you know, with all their ideas and right. and all these process and procedures. I'm like, that doesn't apply here. <laughs> like, <laughs> you need to go wash those dishes, <laughs> you know? Right, sure. Yeah, you know, so it, it was a really, really big learning experience because... When I left Cafe Med, I mean, that was a really, already a really well-established restaurant. Right. And it was basically, when I came in, I just helped it grow. Right. But it, it was already doing its thing. So right. when I went to start from scratch on my own thing, um, it was it was quite the challenge. It, it was an eye-opener. Yeah, it was a big eye-opener. <laughs> and, you know, and we've been doing this for nine years now on our own, and we're still learning things. 
Right. You know, we're still learning things. And, you know, I think the most important thing is how fast you catch it. Sure, <laughs> yeah. sure, how sure, fast sure, you catch sure. it. Right. The other problem is when you're hands-on, like me and my wife, you know, we're hands-on. I'm in the kitchen. She helps me work events. Right. She's in her office doing, you know, the, the back-end stuff. And so we're just so busy. Sometimes it just takes a while to figure out what we're doing wrong. And then you have something happen you can't control. Right. You're in a space yeah. and suddenly the plumbing right. just completely collapses. Right. And, and for a restaurant, that's a health hazard. That's, that's disastrous. When something like that that you can't control happens, how do you deal with that? Yeah, that was that was a really, really, really rough patch, um, especially for, for Frances, my fiance. Um, it was really hard because she she's gets emotionally attached to anything and everything we do. It becomes literally a part of her. Um, I'm more of like, okay, just how do we move on to the next step? But what happened... At Centro, we, it was just it was an ongoing issue for over a year, and when it finally became to that point to where it was just like that's it, like there's no fixing it. They have to like cut the ground open from the inside of the building all the way to that to the alley wow. to fix it. I mean, we couldn't we couldn't afford to pay for it, and it wasn't our building. Mm. So when we contacted the landlords, they were like, "Well, you fix it. You're the ones making money there." So it became into this big old fight, and we waited. We were literally closed for six months before we said, "That's it. We're taking out all our stuff and we're." Six months. Yeah, the, the plumbing went out in January, and we were out by, I want to say, July. We were out of the building. And it was it was really, of course, Francis took it very emotionally. It was really bad. And me, it was, it was you know, it, in business, I feel that I think one thing people, I don't know if people go through things like I do, but to me, the mistake I made when I first started was I worried too much about what people were going to think or say. Mm. So, you know, I always had this fear of a failure, not because I failed, but because what were people going to say? So I, instead of dealing with things sooner, I was just trying to keep it going. Oh. All the, so I could have, when, when we were trying to get that plumbing fixed for over a year. Right. So instead of me being a year ago, hey, if you don't have this fixed next month, I'm out of here. Instead, I was, you know, I would have to, I lost events because like all the plumbing would all of a sudden just back up yeah. everywhere in the kitchen. So yeah. once, once plumbing backs up, everybody out of the building, yeah. they have to close. And then so we were losing money. We were doing all these things. And my only focus was, you know, I'm, I'm, I can't, I can't fail. Like I, I can't, people can't know that we have to close. You know, it was just, I worried too much about what people were thinking about us versus what's the best step to take next. And I, I feel like I've learned that now instead of, you know, prolonging things. I'm like, okay, this is not working. We need to stop and, you know, let's do something else. You know, we got to, you got to change. You got to change what you're doing at that moment versus waiting a whole year the way we did. And they just put us in a hole. So, you know, again, history, looking back, had I done something about it, then we'd be in a better position today. You know, but, you know, sometimes you just have to live and learn. And it was, you know, more than anything, it was a it was a real emotional situation because we have we had fought so hard to get to where we were at, you know, and you put in all your money, all your effort, all your time. You know, we had we had little kids and I'm, you know, living at that place, not spending no time with them. So then 
you have guilt of what you're not spending with your family and what you're not doing and and then you're doing all this and at the end it just falls apart anyways so you're like shoot like i should have done something different so it it was it was a really really hard lesson and but i feel like they say hey you know it didn't kill us just made us stronger and and now when things happen and i i speak with friends she's like yeah, she goes, it's fine. Remember, I thought uh, like our world had ended when Centro closed. Yeah, sure. and she goes, and you know, but I, but I tell her, I feel that everything that has happened to us, because we've had a lot of things happen to us, you know, with the pandemic and everything that, that's gotten us to this point. And like I tell her, you know what? Without those steps, we wouldn't be right here. You know, you really can't, you really can't be mad at that because that's how every time we have to, you know, jump, move from one thing to the next, it always seems to land us in a better place. So all we can do is keep moving forward. When we come back, we're going to be talking about holding on to staff. This is a high topic issue for a lot of business owners since COVID. And we'll talk more about that when we go right back. The reason we're talking with Chef Lino is because of a visioneer question that came from a visioneer just like you. We had a visioneer that wanted to find out, yeah, how do I go through and adjust my menu to adjust what are all these different things that are going on in my business and make it all work? So if you've got a question, you've got thoughts, something you'd like to learn about here on Small Business Celebration, reach out to us on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. And who knows, maybe your question will appear here on Small Business Celebration. So reach out to us on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram today. I'm here with Chef Lino Gonzalez, the owner of Chef Lino Creates, and our visioner question comes from Trista who asks, since COVID, hanging on to staff has been an issue. How have your managers and your management style been key to holding on to employees? Oh, that's a tough one. Okay. So, so, you know, it's always in the restaurant business, it's a high turnover. All right. It's, right. it's always high turnover. Um, and, and why the, is that? Um, you know, because a lot of the positions is is temporary. Mm. It's like a step for people. Just they're making money while they're going to college, doing other things, just to get them where they're trying to go. Right. It's not really their their career of choice. So it it makes it hard to retain those. Now, when you have a, an excellent chef or manager, most of those people are kind of how I used to be. They have their own drive, their own ideas they want to have their own restaurant they want to have their own kitchen so right. it it makes it really difficult uh, we have one specific employee that's been with us for a really long time and i think most importantly what i see in this person is that they believe in what we're doing mm, they, they kind of they, the they, they share in our vision right. and and i think they they get that in within them that they want to see it Mm. you know come to you know come to life and they're helping and and they're in every step of the way growing with us right you know as we grow so and you know you gotta send you know give them incentives you got to give them also a reason to be with you what kind you of know? incentives do you give them well i mean the different things the number one th thing is pay i mean you got to make sure that they're living comfortably and as you're making more money they have to make more money with you right because right. i mean number one no matter what else you give them, we're all doing this for the same thing. We want to support right. our family, spend time with our family, and hey, it all takes money. When you're not here, what do you do? What do you do for fun? Um, you know, people always ask me that, and also they always ask me, like, what do you eat? Right. Right, you know, and 
you know, for fun, I mean, honestly, I dedicate any extra time I have away from here to my family. Right. You know, I, I feel I don't spend enough time with my kids. Um, so we try to, you know, do barbecues together. We'll, you know, take them to the park, take them to, you know, to go have fun wherever they want to go to a movie. And, you know, myself personally, I, you know, again, I go back to if I have chance to work on cars, you know, I'll, I still try to do my own old changes and, you know, right. things like that just because, you know, it's what I enjoy to do. Just those simple but things. You have to relax at some point. You know, I try. <laughs> me, 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 and I get in trouble for this all the time. Um, you know, me and Francis will sit down and try to watch a movie. And, you know, just we, I say, yeah, let's just be lazy today. We're just going to lay around the house, you know, and just hang out. Four or five rolls around. I'll be just in the worst mood. And she'll be like, what's the matter? You know, I'm just like, hey, we just didn't do anything productive today. I feel like, you know, we didn't get nothing out of the day. And she'll be like, can you just relax for a second? Because my mind will start turning on right. things I could have been over here doing. You know, just there's always in this business, you can't ever have a kitchen and somebody tell you there's nothing to do. Right. Like if you walk in and your employees are just standing like, oh, well, there's nothing to do. We did everything. No, there's in a kitchen you'll never finish. Did you learn this from your father? Yes. Yeah, working with my dad was was a really, really tough school. How so? So when I started, my dad was always, you know, he's, you know, your typical Hispanic man, you know, Mexican man, very, very ornery, very serious, you know, very to the point. And when he, when I started working for him at his restaurant, it was a rude awakening. I mean, I never really had a, a big relationship with him because he was always at work. Right. You know, he was always at work, which is a funny story. The way he, we ended up in Bakersfield was... The people that owned Don Pepe's, when they first opened here in town, mm -hmm. my dad worked for her parents in L.A. Oh. And she was struggling with help, training help. Right. So her mom sent my dad here to help her train her staff. Oh. And my dad, you know, fell in love with Baker. It was like 1982, I want to say. Right. When he first came. And uh, he's like, he, he loved it. And the daughter was like, well, if you like it here, I'll help you. I'll pay to get you and your family moved over here. And that's how we ended up in Bakersfield. So when my dad acquired that restaurant from her and I went to go work for my dad, it was something I had never experienced because my dad was never, hey, I need you to, to do this. Can you, can you do it? Let me show you. He'd just be like, do it. Just and do it. Just yeah. do it. And if you weren't doing it fast enough, if you weren't doing it probably, it was like, just, he was never physically abusive, but he was very verbally abusive like with you know he would curse he'd get real, everything was yell yell and so i was always you know trying to do my best you know to not get yelled and i remember one one story one day we're on the line i'm like 11 years old and i'm helping him you know cook on the line and i'm trying to hurry and i'm i burned myself you know putting the tortillas in the fire oh, no. to make enchiladas and i'm trying to hurry and i'm like and he's like what are you doing like he just starts screaming at me and that day i just I, I'm 11 years old. I lost it. I started, I started, I started like tearing up. Right. And he goes, you're crying? He goes, you're going to cry? He's like, I don't want to see you here. Everybody goes, get the hell out of here. He goes, get the hell out of my kitchen. Go home. So I'm like, okay, I'm taking off my apron, walking out. He's like, where the hell are you going? Get back in here. Like, so that sums it up how life was working with him. And, you know, and he was just, you know, and. I want to be that way with my kids, but at some point, like, I feel he was a little too far to one side. I, I try to be with them in that way 
because even with school, like if I would get like an award for, you know, straight A's and I'd come home with my little paper because nobody would ever go to the school while I was getting an award because everybody was always working. Right. So I'd come home and be like, look, and he'd be like, what's that? I'm like, oh, I, you know, I got, I got, you know, straight A's or whatever. He'd be like, okay, what are you going to do with that? I'm like, I don't know. He goes, you need to hurry up. We're going to go, you need to start washing some dishes. And, right. you know, it was, with him, nothing was ever enough, but that's what drove me to try harder. Like, right. you know, I was always trying to please this unpleasable person. And I was just, you know, I'm going to make him happy. And so. And then. He had three businesses. Yeah, he had. So we had a he had a restaurant in Shafter. Right. And then right next door to his restaurant here on Columbus, he had a jewelry store. And all three failed. Failed by his hand. Yeah. How did that change the way that you approach and do business now? Well, you know, I, I didn't. Back then, I really didn't understand what happened to him again until I look back and then I see I know what he did what caused everything to fall apart but the main thing that that I that I took from that was when I when he lost his business and I went to go do my own thing I think that's what kind of made me resent and like dislike the whole restaurant industry mm -hmm. so when I walked up when when he because then he got up and he moved back to LA and and by then I was already 18 so I stayed here and started looking for work and I just felt like, you know, that, that was a miserable eight years of my life. Just, you know, working with him. He always sold me this dream. Oh, you know, cause when I was, when I started messing up in high school, he was like, perfect. Come to work full time. Right. Yeah. He's like, don't worry. This will all be yours. You're already set. Right. You know? So when it all fell apart and I didn't do great in school, I was like, well, I'm, I'm done with restaurants. I'm never doing that again. What changed? Probably Francis. <laughs> you know, I, I, I always had a I always had a talent for it. I just I never felt the passion for it until I started doing it with her. Cause even when I was at Cafe Meta, I I enjoyed it there because I was learning so many new things. I was experiencing new things, learning new foods, you know. So it, it got my interest going in it again. But the whole time I was there, I was always looking for my out. Even while I was there working. For a little while while I was there, I had already started a, a shuttle service. Right. And that totally fell apart because, I mean, I was too busy. Right. I, I didn't have enough support um, for my partner then to make that work. And we were also having kids at that point. So, But I was always looking for a way out. Even though that was going great, I was just can never, never embrace it. Right. You know, never embrace it and until... So you found the right partner. Yeah. So I found, found the right person and, you know, she's just always my cheerleader. So it's always good to have that, that support. People always say, don't, don't work with your spouse. And, and I understand why they say that. Right. <laughs> it, yes. From the first restaurant. Yeah. yeah. You understand. Yeah. But, but, but especially with your spouse, because, you know, you go home and, you know, I'll be here and she'll be in her office and she goes home so and i'm still finishing the catering and i get home she still has a hundred things to talk to me about that she was dealing with all day and i'm just getting home wanting to just sleep sleep <laughs> lay down you know eat a bowl of cereal which goes back to food like most of the time you no know, i love her cooking and and she says i'm a terrible cook but i just love that she's you know making me a meal her own so i love when she cooks for me and as we get busier, it's harder 
and harder for us, you know, to to do food at home because we're just always working. And right. so, but yeah, I think she was the number one factor that helped me really embrace what what I'm good at. You know, what makes you wake up every morning and open your business? I mean, besides the the normal things, right? I mean, besides the normal things, because you know, because you need money, because you want to take care of your family. You know, besides all those things, you know, at at one point in my life, I started, uh, you know, you get to a point where, you know, it's just so easy to complain, right? Right. You can always just complain about everything. And, you know, me and her have been talking to each other a lot about that. And instead of just, like, complaining, because sometimes we get up to have our coffee together and, you know, discuss our day before it starts. And right. it would just be complain, complain, complain. And by the time I'd walk out the door, I would feel like, oh, like, I don't even want to even start this day. So. Right. You know, I just started, you know, getting a different perspective on life and saying, hey, you know what? I got another opportunity to to get up and, you know, and go to work again. And, you know, and to me, that is, is more valuable than anything. You know, just the ability that I can actually, you know, get up and come do something that I enjoy, you know, come build, you know, my business and do it, you know, next to the person I love most in this world. You know, it's just it's just a blessing. So. That alone is is good enough, you know, to just get up and go. Chef Lino, this has been a real privilege. Thank you Thank for joining you, us here Michael. on Small Business Thank you so much. Thank you so much for being here. And if visioners want to get in touch with you, how do they do that? Oh, well, they can reach us at cheflinocreates.com or at uh, info at cheflinocreates or just, you know, follow us on social media. And phone I'm number? Somewhere. So our phone number is uh, 661-885-8006. Perfect. And you know what? Dang cell phones have made us so lazy. I remember as a kid, I knew like 300 phone numbers in my head. <laughs> hey, if I get stuck in the wilderness, I won't be able to call nobody. <laughs> I have nobody's number. I'm the same way. I yeah. get asked for my wife's my number all the time, and I have to go through my, yeah. my contacts. What is my wife's my number? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. So, well, oh, well, this Thank has you been very a lot much. of fun. Thank you very Thank you. much. Thank you, sir. And I'll be right back with my final thought. The winter season is rapidly approaching, but are the tires on your car or truck ready for wet weather? Bakersfield's best tire store, Clarou Tire, has been serving families like yours for 80 years and installs and services the tires your family depends on when the wet weather comes. Give Clarou Tire a call at 661-324-6069 and ask them about what tire works best for you and your budget. Call Clarou Tire at 661-324-6069 or visit them at 530 East 21st Street in Bakersfield or at ClarouTire.com today. The wet winter weather is rapidly approaching. Call Clarou Tire at 661-324-6069 today. More than getting through it. Recently, Small Business Celebration celebrated our third annual Small Business Celebration Family Reunion. And it's an exclusive event that's only open to former guests of Small Business Celebration. And the reason I started the event is there's the old adage, well, everybody knows everybody. And yeah, that, that's not the case at all. And it's also an event for them to get together and be around like-minded individuals. And one of the things that I noticed this past evening is that there were several business owners there, several visioneers, they were going through some really difficult times, both personally and professionally and otherwise. But one of the things that I noticed is that you'd never guess it, 
by looking at them. You'd never guess it by listening to them. Why? Because even though they were going through all these difficult times, all these difficult challenges, it's those difficult times and challenges that led them there to the event, to be around other like-minded visionaries and be part of their community. So that tomorrow, when they go back and they have those difficult times and those difficult struggles that they have to go through, they can do more than just get through it. They have community. I hope you enjoyed our conversation this week with Chef Lino, and I hope you learned something that you can use today to grow a strong and profitable business. And we'll see you here again next week when we celebrate another small business making a big breakthrough. Thank you for listening to the Small Business Celebration Podcast. Some of today's music was brought to you by Ted Hammond, and you might find more of Ted's music at ReverbNation.com forward slash Ted Hammond. That's ReverbNation.com forward slash Ted Hammond. If you enjoyed this episode and gained some insight from it for your business, subscribe to the Small Business Celebration Podcast at iTunes.com forward slash Small Business Celebration and give us a five-star review. Also, if there's a business you'd like us to interview, reach out to us on LinkedIn and Facebook and let us know. Until next time, I'm your host, Michael Roberts of the Small Business Celebration Podcast, and we wish you a strong and profitable business.